0: Quick prayer, and then we'll go ahead and um, and see where this conversation takes us. Okay.
1: Okay, that's fine. Yeah.
0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to uh, have this conversation with Simon, um, to be able to learn from him, and to use his example to rekindle the flame in a lot of youth, um, so they understand the value of a relationship with you and the relationship with your church. And obviously, we're very thankful for having just celebrated the Feast of Theophany. So that's a true blessing for us. So, Simon, actually, you're the first installment of uh, uh-huh. On the Road to the So before we get into all of that, I just want to know, how are you handling the whole COVID situation right now?
1: To me, actually, it's not that kind of a problem because I'm staying at home in any way at the moment. Okay. Um, so I'm actually not working at the moment, I'm just studying and about to write my, my master thesis.
0: That's amazing, and we're going to get into that in in a little bit. Uh, but I guess I I want to start off with, can you just tell me a little bit about uh, your upbringing?
1: Yeah, well, I was raised um, in a Christian family, mm-hmm. but as a child I never heard of. Orthodox church as well as Coptic church. <laughs> so I was raised in a uh, so-called Adventist family. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, That's one of, one of the free churches that was uh, yeah, that started, or the movement started in the 18, 1840s, 1850s, and it's um, <clears throat> going along for instance with the Baptists or with the Methodists or were before. Um, so my parents went uh, to church regularly, um, they go to church on a on a, a Sabbath, or that is the uh, the Saturday. So I was introduced to um, all the content of the Bible, the the faith in God, as I was a child. Um,
0: okay, so when you say you're, you you grew up, um, I guess as an Adventist, is, is that the same thing as Mormonism, or?
1: No, 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 not at all. No, okay. Um, that is that is uh, a. Protestant denomination.
0: Okay. Yeah, because we, yeah, we, we have, um, I guess, the, the, the Mormon church here in North America goes under the name of the Seventh-day Adventists, right? So uh, when you said it, it just seemed like there might have been a little bit of crossover um, in cultures. All right. And so, I mean, when did you really, I mean, what trickle, trickled the, the effect of is there something more there? Do I need to look for something more? Like, when did you have that moment that maybe you didn't feel connected to god or what was that epiphany for you
1: i think um in a very in a very like in a nutshell i would mention two two experiences that i had uh the first was when i was like 13 or 14 years okay um still growing up in an adventist family um, I was very, very impressed and and, um, and touched also by experience that there was a time when um, as, well, being 13, 14, I was concerned about many things in my life, but I wasn't really concerned about God at all. I wasn't really concerned about faith. I wasn't really concerned about going to church. There were not many people that I liked that I really wanted to know or to meet. Um, and my my parents they were trying to show me that that is a very important thing, but at the same time they were giving me so much freedom to decide for myself if I want to go or not, if I want to to know God, I want to be in church or not. And um, I know my mother was praying, or my parents were praying a lot. They were. Um, I know. Even I my ma- my mother was sometimes crying because she was seeing that I got into kind of a superficial life in a way. Um, but. That was taken back after some years. So the Adventist church is one of the churches they decide to uh, to baptize as being an um, adult person. Mm-hmm. So when I was 17 years old, I decided to baptize after having a lot of talks with my friends with, uh, from the church, with my parents again, with the pastor. And that was the first impression. The second one was like when when I started to get really deeper and deeper into Bible. And it was like five years ago. Um, so there is one, one thing that's also very important to mention. Um, I have been married. Okay. Uh, for, or I had been married at that moment for seven years. And we were about to separate at that time. And finally, we, we uh, really divorced. Um, so that was really deep. Um, experience also in my life but finally was a great experience in some way also because I really started to uh, search for God way more than I did before even um, and it was also bringing to me the, the ire to search deeper into church history uh, because being raised as, as an Adventist um, it means that finally you, you learn and know a lot about the Apostles and about Jesus himself uh, as it's written in Bible. And then like the next point in, in church history is starting from 1840, 1850. So everything in between that sometimes might be mentioned, but it's not really like they're, no, they're not really actually talking about church fathers. They're not actually talking about the history itself um, in a way. So that was kind of new to me in many aspects, and I got deeper and deeper into that, and I was starting to have many questions like why Why didn't I learn about that before? Why didn't I think about that before? Why Why are there so many things in other churches that I never heard of before? Um, okay. Yeah. And so
0: I want to I want to put some cultural context here for uh, those that are listening. Which part of the world are you in right now?
1: Yeah, I'm staying, uh, like, I, I was raised in, I'm, I'm living right now still in Germany. Okay. So I was raised in the northern part of Germany. That's the area of, of Hamburg. Like, we're close to the Baltic Ocean. Okay. And since uh, 2014, I moved to the south. So I'm staying in the area of Stuttgart right now.
0: And for those who are listening, again, just so that we get a full, com- you know, composite of who you are as a person, how old are you uh, for those that are listening?
1: I'm 32 years now.
0: Right. So, I mean, this this has been, you know, something that you've been going through for the past 15 years, essentially, correct?
1: Yeah. That's, from the, that's from the time that.
0: you got baptized. Yeah. So yeah. when we talk about the Coptic Church, oftentimes we, you know, we think of Egyptians. And so that's, uh, it's it's a very homo uh church for the most part at least within Egypt and by the grace of God um, Pope Shenouda was able to expand the church outside of its boundaries of Egypt and you know carry on the, the mission work of St. Mark beyond its borders uh, how on God's green earth did you come across and stumble across the Coptic church
1: I think that started two years ago so um to mention that before i was baptized in coptic church the last year the summer
0: okay congratulations
1: um, yeah thank you uh there was uh there was uh that took place in a monastery we got two monasteries two coptic monasteries in germany one is for the northern area and one is for the southern so i was uh, baptized in the southern area by the amber michael um and it took place the twelfth of um, of July in uh, the the uh, uh, feast of the apostles. Um,
0: That's and a I would say.
1: Yeah, I would say the. The first impressions that I had about orthodoxy in general was when um, there was there was a, co- a, a kind of a course or like a free study offered by the church I was in before the Adventist Church, and it has, had also one one year of church history, and we were starting to read into uh, the different denominations, the reasons why there were schisms in church, um, how it started with the with the church fathers after the apostles. Uh, but it was only to, to have a short view of all of that. So I really started to realize there is more to find for me. It's not just to have that information that all of these parts of history, all of these um, parts of church history exist, but there is more for me personally to find. Um, and yeah, I, I want to emphasize as well, I wanted to do that even before that, Um, I was raised in in, in faith um, for God or with God and also with a lot of trust, trust in God um, and also to really experience reliable um, relationships in the church I was raised with my family and I really appreciate that a lot. So that was really bringing me into a deep experience of of trust in in every moment in my life, I think. But especially at that time, I thought about, well, if all of that exists, um, isn't, isn't it possible that I, that there can be more to trust even more in God and to experience him even more or even deeper? Um, because it was starting to realize that some kind, um, also in some way that the Western church in general, or then also even more maybe the, the Protestant movement, They were thinking about God, they were trying to experience God by thinking about him in a way and kind of explain things like there are some things like, for instance, uh, as Martin Luther already acknowledged and and believed in the Eucharist, in the real presence, um, right after then swingly and, and moving on to that, it started to become a symbol. Like it was seen as something that cannot really be the real presence. So there was, there was starting to, to take something that was of real faith into something symbolical and into something that is just received in a rational way. Um, and I was starting to, to try to, to search in, in church history that there must be something else and deeper. Because when I look at the church fathers, like, Ignatius of Antioch and many more they mentioned so clearly about that and when I look at with that perspective into into Bible itself into John six for instance um into all that Paul is mentioning about it became really clear to me and then I thought okay, that cannot be the only thing and then I was starting to get into the sacraments as well um and what really I think that was the the first reason for me then what what really impressed me a lot was, uh, the, the, uh, Council of Chakira. Um, and I started to be interested about the Christ, Christology. Um, and when I saw about Oriental churches, that was like my way, my path to, to really go into the direction and then to find Catholic church, I think, because it was very, um, I mean, th- there is a very nice quote. I still love it, but that's, that has been said by uh, by one of the Adventist pioneers. He said, I have an unutterable yearning of the soul for Christ. And it was like that posture that I had already before. But then coming into church history and seeing while there have been so many more people, like for instance, um, San-, San Antonio, San Ignatian Athanasius, and that happened like, many hundred years before like not 1800 something but many hundred years before so that was like i think my starting point to really get deeper into that
0: yeah and i think that's that's yeah, that's a that's... recurring theme that we have with um, we're going to hear a lot on on you know on the different installments is that a lot of people they either you know were christian by by name or christian by upbringing but not necessarily um they haven't they were stuck in a place where they tried to rationalize Christ versus experience him. Um, And that's really where they felt that a lot of spirituality was lost. And so very similar to you, a lot of them will have gone on a, uh, you know, expedition to kind of try and dig through the books and, you know, find that closer relationship to Christ. And that's how a lot of them come, you know, and wander off into the Orthodox Church. So, I mean, very, very interesting uh, history there on how this all happened for you. Um, now you, you've you started to read, you've read about the Council of Chalcedon, you uh, you know, discovered the oriental churches, what was your next like, what did you think you had to do next? What was your next um, chess move, if you will?
1: Um, I was starting to to just have experience in church so as as I was starting to read into history and into the also into to the uh, theology and into the dogma of the churches, um, I decided to try to go to some Ethiopian churches, um, and then also to to be uh, to visit um, and to take uh, to be uh, participate in in Coptic Church, and at the same time I was also uh, trying to sometimes watch or get some just some some information also from literature um about those two the Coptic and the orthodox Ethiopian Orthodox church um, and I was really impressed of both in a way, and also of the of the culture and history connected with both of the churches um, yep. but I think. The, the, for instance, the the um, one thing that impressed me a lot, for instance, was the way in, in the in the, the Coptic uh, in the in the Christian youth channel that is a YouTube channel from the Coptic Church, um, the way that the priests were explaining many things, um, and it is really a cham- a channel that was open to um, my way of thinking as I had before. I mean, it didn't change so much in that time now, but like that was like kind of open to Western thinking in a way. I mean, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church offered this, that as well. They also have very good priests, very good um, deacons that explain a lot of things in a very pleasurable, deep way. But I just saw, okay, it's kind of easier for me to have a connection to that because um, I, can, I can find more of myself in a way. Um, in that and and i can start to to um get into contact with that kind of kind of easier it's not even about to be easy but that was like because orthodoxy itself was very new to me so i thought okay let's just try to start with that and the more i was experiencing both of the churches um, and also trying to have some contact with people from both of the churches i felt like okay um they are both very deep a deeply loving Christ um, um, knowing all the mysteries of church and there is a lot to find but from what I can really see for myself I think the way the way they they are do just doing it just practicing um, the faith and the church it will be kind of easier for me or or more um, more delightful in a way to be in in Coptic church. And even more when I was experiencing and meeting people from church and starting to have contact with them and talking with them, um, I was really starting to appreciate the way the, the, um, becoming friends then and the people from Coptic church in Stuttgart uh, were supporting me, were just answering my questions, were just explaining me a lot because for instance, the whole liturgy was just new to me. I, I, I've never seen that before <laughs> and I'm still learning. I often heard like it's it even might take like a year to understand almost everything a little at, that is taking place in, in liturgy and that's going on there. And the way they were just explaining to me, the way they were just starting to show also to, to, to teach me Arabic for instance, I started to, to, to learn Arabic also. Um, that was just great. Yeah, and I think it's at some point you can have you can have a journey in your faith, but at some point it's just about the the relationship, the connection to other people, and how you can relate to them. And I think that was like that was like the the, the motive then at that, at that moment. Yeah.
0: No, that's amazing. Um, now, um, obviously, no, obviously, Coptic churches or Orthodox churches even in general, are very different than um, westernized Protestant churches, right? Very different environment, the iconography, the smells, all of that. So go back to when you were just 29 or 30 and you just discovered the Coptic church and you walked into the first Coptic church. What was your um, immediate impression at that moment in time?
1: My immediate impression, was I think it was two things. The first impression really was to see that there is a lot I've never seen before. And the second impression was there must be a reason for that. Even more if it when it is that, that ancient church, and I know especially in, in Orthodox culture, let's say, um, it is one of the characteristics that they keep it and take it as it had been for years and hundreds of years before. So there must be a reason for all of what I can see and, and experience right now. And that was making me very curious. And even more, the more I was reading, the more I was also watching sermons, watching um, interviews with priests and learning also f- some, at some point from, from Eastern Orthodox churches, I was realizing that it was just so much grounded in Bible and there were just so many things that like for instance um like the the way that the um the icons are presented um like for instance you got jesus in the middle and you got st mary and then you got the, the the apostles and then to the right and to the left there is there is uh the um yeah that the, now that the english word is missing for me <laughs> it's, it's saying uh, kudus kudus kudus
0: yeah and holy holy holy
1: yeah this holy holy, holy from, from revelation and all these points and i just thought it is just speaking and showing so much what the church is about just by presenting all of that
0: so i'm gonna um, pause you for a second i find it so interesting that you forgot the english word but you actually knew the arabic words <laughs>
1: yeah yeah sure.
0: yeah <laughs> but keep going
1: yeah so that was the point and um i think in general also before when i started to be interested in orthodox in orthodoxy um for me uh, i even before as being a protestant i i started to have this this impression or when i was reading bible to get into that thinking and and reflecting and praying a lot about um the kingdom of god like I was finding that, like, finally, everything that Jesus was showing and doing and and teaching, like all of that by words and by his acts, he was just talking about the kingdom of of God. The, the the new world is at hand. So I was thinking about, okay, what does it mean? Like, he came and now it started, and I couldn't really find a real context for that. Because also to to explain in in a short mentioning. The Adventist church, the, the word Advent itself, it's from, it, it originates from the Latin. Um, and the emphasize in general in that Protestant church is about the second coming of Christ. So that is, that is very uh, emphasized. But the more I, I started to think and read and and pray about, um, also what I can find from the theology in the different churches about what they take and and understand from bible i was starting to feel like a little bit like there was there was like kind of a, a vacuum like there was like okay I, I am waiting for his second coming i am waiting for his kingdom but what is happening right now what's going on in this world what's going on with my life what's happening in this moment that i'm here and i couldn't find so good answers at all but when i started to look into orthodoxy i mean i started to get into contact with the uh, principle or the the concept of theosis. I was starting to get into this uh, deification and starting to realize, okay, wow, there's so much more to find and even once again, already the church fathers and already church for hundreds of years had been talking about and teaching about. So I was starting to realize and to get into a very, very much kind of brighter context and perspective. Um, Yeah, and I think then when I started to realize, okay, what's the sacraments about? And it is about this, like, trying to find this this kind of um, humble and holy life in a way, like, just being restored into his image and likeness. And it's happening now. And it's starting now. And there is, there is a journey. There is a way for me. And, yeah, there was orthodoxy. And then there was also touching me a lot and inspiring me a lot.
0: So you would say that orthodoxy so felt more, more of, a, a, more of a, an, immediate an immediate need in your, need life, need not in your life, not about just about the future, but about the right now?
1: It was, and it was even more it's about a, a spiritual experience right now, in a spiritual way. And also, also kind of emphasizing the, the obedience to put my life under his will because I know he will he will provide I can trust in that and I know he, he will provide and in, in every situation so even more to put my to put my life into his will um and just to to search for him in, in every way and in every condition so the spiritual experience of of faith is also so much more I think emphasized um I try to avoid to to compare um and but I think I was asking that question also before I got baptized uh, to the to the um, bishop that baptized me and he kind of gave me that impression of the picture that he sees it as like as different levels. And even lastly, the last days I was thinking about and seeing it as like there is there might be two hotels from the same owner, but one hotel is like five star hotel and one hotel is like two or three stars hotel so. With all the sacraments, we get so many blessings um, and all the all the experience of the saints from all the hundreds of years. We get so many blessings. Um, that is, well, so privileged to live in that way of Christianity and to have spiritual experience just with God in every
0: day. Okay, so, you know, now... I'm, I'm going to talk to you about all that you've said, but I just kind of want to keep going through this journey with you. So you you begin to experience the Coptic Church. You had lots of questions. I'm sure that when you got there, you ended up meeting with one of the Abunas. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what, what was your first interaction meeting? I mean, again, you're coming from a Protestant background where most pastors are very nicely dressed, um, at least modernly dressed. And all of a sudden you have this man with um was it a was it a priest or a monk priest that you met it was a priest okay so you have a man who's dressed all in black probably um a little bit you know frayed beard and 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 probably not what you're used to right so what were were you intimidated to talk to him were you excited to talk to him and how did that conversation go the initial one
1: yeah, actually, I was not very impressed by that. Or, okay, I was impressed, but in a very positive way. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> for sure, it was also the first time that I experienced uh, monks or monastery in general when I when I was reading into Coptic Church. But um, the only thing I was focusing on, and I was I was just, yeah, realizing in that moment when I was having this t- talks and conversations was just the words he was saying. Um, and but was it, like the way he was always showing me again and guiding me into Bible, the way he was in, in everything he was explaining to me, emphasizing the, the love of God, uh, the will of, 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 grace and reconciliation for the whole creation. Um, that was really what was inspiring me. Um, but at the same time, as Especially um, starting to read about Saint Anthony. Um, for instance, I was—I forgot the word again in, in English, at least—the um, the kind of head that is uh, is the, that the monks especially take on the head on the on the hat to in, in remembrance of of Saint Anthony when the demons were. Oh, the crown. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the,
0: the head cover. Yeah,
1: yeah, the head cover. Um, things like that. That was just amazing to me, because it's showing about experiences that real people in real situations just had, and not only one time but many times. And even more, it's just by by tradition brought until our twenty first second uh, century today. And we can just see in that, okay, first of all, the God we're talking about is a real God. Also, the demons, they are the real demons. Um, But finding out also that, okay, when when there is a church that also knows a lot about the evil, or not just a lot, but that really understands the evil, there must be a church that has a spiritually deep knowledge or experience about God in the end, and then I was trying to 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 search deeper into that and starting to read about Saint Anthony, and I was very fascinated by him, by his life, and just going into the to the desert and dedicate the life and and I mean finally everything that you have just to have a life with God and for Him, um. Yeah, and then things like, for instance, the fasting. I already started to fast before I got Orthodox. Uh, because um, especially in the last years there had been many stu- uh, studies from from different uh, different branches of, of science that tried to show or like tried to try to do research about um, the effects on our body, and they are very positive. But then starting to find also a, a very deep spiritual meaning about fasting, and once again reading into Bible. Um, that was also one of the things that really impressed me a lot. And actually, today I I feel like I, I really kind of enjoy to fast because I know that is really making me to be considered even more about God and my spiritual journey, and getting away from what is kind of attracting me as as a desire on this
0: earth in a way. That's fantastic, man. It's beautiful, um, Simon. I, I want I want you to fast forward to um, last July, Apostles' Feast. Uh, you mentioned that you obviously grew up in a very religious family, very spiritual family. Church was super important to them. When you told them that you're gonna have a breakup with the uh, with the Reformed Church, and you know you're you gonna go towards Orthodoxy, what was that initial impact, and what kind of um, whether positive or negative effects did that have on your family life and your family dynamics?
1: That is a very good question. And That's actually a question that is um, taking place in my life still today. And it might take place in the next years as well. Uh, well, first of all, my parents, when I started to tell them even some months before that I'm really starting to get deeper into orthodoxy and I'm about to decide to change and I was taking like one month just to pray and pray and pray every day a lot to think about that, consider about that decision. Um, the first thing they were telling me in every condition, I will be their son and they will love me. And the same message I got from every single friend that I was talking to from, from Adventist Church, I got from my family in, in general. Um, so that was all clear to them. Um, nevertheless... For sure, as it was to me, to them, there were many things they never knew before. Um, and especially, I have to mention, in the Adventist church, there is, there is um, a big part of theology uh, that's talking about the revelation. And the way they interpret it is a lot um, seeing um, churches that kind of don't take God's commandments as they were written before, And, for instance, uh, try to change some things. And also, they're considered about the Antichrist. And there is a very, very um, kind of celebrated um, um, interpretation about the Antichrist being the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, or um, the the papacy in it. So what I was trying to explain, also from church history, okay, that the papacy itself by the Roman Catholic Church is also not being supported in that way by the Orthodox Church in general. Um, And I was trying to talk about some of those aspects and try to explain a little the differences that we can have or that we can find between um, Protestant churches and Orthodox churches. at the same time, I was very touched personally by everything that I could find about uh, union or or unity in in some way um, when you look at John seventeen the, the prayer of all art when you look at um, um, the many passages that Paul is mentioning about that, I mean Paul was writing to this letter to churches at a time when there had there had been no schism in church, there had been no separations there, had, there haven't been different denominations nor have there been any different kind of theologies or dogma in a way. For sure there had been struggles. That is even the reason why he was writing that, but he was also emphasizing a lot. And I thought, okay, what is that giving to us in the 21st century? After the, the schisms that we have in church history, after the different denominations that we can find, especially now in the, in the Protestant branches between 30 and 50,000, uh, different churches, and I mean, th- th- there can also be a lot mentioned about what what are the things that that are emphasized, that the dogma that is emphasized in Protestant churches. But um, so I was trying to have a conversation, to have a dialogue, and always to to try to find out for myself. But just by what I was trying to say and what I was trying to do, emphasize um, the love of God. Um, and his will of reconciliation for the whole creation. Um, So I was just trying to show with everything that I'm doing right now, with the step that I'm taking, with the journey that I'm having, uh, my only motivation or my first motivation is just still this yearning for Christ, this yearning for God that I had as being Adventist before, but there were many reasons i t- I tried to explain why I couldn't find it anymore in Adventist Church and it was just taking me into Orthodox Church and into Catholic Church um that is what I'm still doing today that is what I'm still trying to do for the next month or years <laughs> maybe I'm very concerned about dialogue um yeah but for me personally i just I just um Having a very clear situation now that that I'm feeling very touched and and even kind of chosen or guided by God's love to come into Coptic Church, to come into Orthodox Church, and to, to have this um, this fullness and this blessing. And it is it is for me finally also just a solution for this question about uh, union, about uh, uh, unity. When we have one church, being the Orthodox church, that finally in itself is a solution for the question because it started with that one church. So coming back to that church, it it can also be just a very simple way to have unity. And I'm very much concerned about to give understanding to, to see also the cultural differences that might lead into some different perceptions of the Bible. Um, But generally, I'm just, right now, I'm just concerned about that. And it started with that one church.
0: No, you're absolutely 100% correct about that. Um, And so you just mentioned something that actually is an amazing segue into the next question I wanted to ask you. Um, Obviously, again, your, your, your upbringing was very Christian, and so your values are very Christian. But do you find that perhaps there is any kind of conflict between the Orthodox values and those of uh, the Western world or the culture in Germany overall um, that just stand out, right, you know, stare you right in the eyes and you go, maybe this is not compatible.
1: Um, I think I would say I'm trying to investigate a little on that topic and I didn't come so far because um, I was putting priority for other topics, but I think when you look at the, development of of um, the Western culture in general um, there is might be starting like in the fourteenth or 15th century like with the humanism and um, then coming after the enlightenment and and all of those big sequences and the French Revolution there are many points in history in the western um, culture society. Um, that are, I think, step-by-step step emphasizing two things. The, the one, the first is um, the, the individualism is starting starting up and getting stronger in a way uh, to emphasize, I am the one who's choosing, I'm the one who's thinking about things, I'm the one who knows, I'm the one who, who can be enlightened. Um, and also, at least in the atheist culture, taking that as I'm the one who doesn't need God, I'm the one who can realize and explain why God is not even existing until the German, I'm sorry for that, um, philosopher even explained that God is dead. Nietzsche. So that is one, one yeah, that is one thing. And I think then also um in general a very rational or rationalistic view on things. Um, I couldn't explain it in very short words right now and I would like to investigate more on that but I I got the impression that for instance also the the theology that was starting off in Protestant churches to to take many things as a symbol which did not happen before um, I think it also has to do a lot with the way that the Western culture in general um, they were starting to explain in a rational way all the things they could see until, for instance, natural sciences developed. So, um, in other words, there there is not a little space for mysteries. There is not a little space for something that can be just believed in a spiritual way. And also, when you see, for instance, the difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church about how to take the Eucharist, um, I mean to us it is just it is just there is the real presence and it is just a mystery um, but but when you look um, into the Roman Catholic Church, the way I explain it, it is even very complex and it's also like a very rationalist way kind of to get into the details of trying to explain how the bread and the wine can really be transformed into his flesh and blood so this transubstantiation. substantiation um so i think that was also something i was starting to um to question
0: no that's fantastic and you yeah. know i honestly listening to your story I, you you uh you had uh, a bit of an augustinian uh, uh beginning to your whole journey where you said you're you know you're your mom was in tears and they were constantly praying for you. And that sounds very much like St. Monica um, as she was interceding yeah. with, uh, with the Lord for St. Augustine. And he finally, you know, makes him as, uh, as one of the biggest pillars in, in Christian history. And he, you know, uh, love him or not, he, he is known as uh, the doctor of the church, right? He was the Bishop of Hippo and his works influence Christianity to this day. So that's, that's incredible. And your whole journey, um, it started off, quite rational i think in a way but uh, i think you found more to it in terms of actually experiencing christ versus just trying to understand christ and one of the church fathers uh, often said that you know trying to understand god in his entirety is like trying to fit the ocean in a cup it's just it doesn't happen you just mm-hmm. have to come to the ocean and experience the ocean but you can't take in the whole ocean so that's that's re- really really remarkable Simon, um, I just mm-hmm. want to know, what are you doing with your life right now? So I know you have an exam coming up, so uh, we all want to be praying for you, mm-hmm. obviously. So what is it that you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's true. Um, I wanted to get one short sentence on that, what you were saying right Now If I Can. Um, I think, finally, what I want to emphasize again and, and appreciate a lot is all the people that were giving a company to me on the journey. So, so even... That, that, that shouldn't or mustn't even be like like a talk about me, but even more about the persons who were giving a company. And most of all, as I'm thinking about um, a Second Philippians, it is God who's doing the, the, the faith and the will in us. So there can be many people who try to start to research about church history, but when God isn't giving the faith, and is not touching you, or you're not open to that, nothing will happen. You might understand as best as you can, but nothing, nothing will ever change. Um, so th- that's what I, what I really, I think still realize right now that happened in the last two or four or five years in my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now I'm, I'm getting to my master thesis. I was studying early educational studies uh that is not very much um a well known study maybe but um yeah it's about like children uh in the preschool age
0: yeah so early developmental so, of, you know early development of kids and
1: yeah yeah about that um and it's also a lot about to to um Startup, like for instance a kindergarten to know how to realize a good uh, organization to bring good education to the children to prepare them for school in a good way um and that could also be a way for me but in general i'm i'm very much concerned also when when i'm writing my master thesis now um first of all about uh the concept or idea of sustainability so bringing in into this organization of kindergarten the structures in a sustainable way uh realizing the the education uh for the children very much in the experience of being connected with nature and being connected with one another um because i think that's what kind of missing a lot and that there is a big lag in that because um i think when we have that experience as a child Um, of, I would call it with the word connection. Um, I think that is giving a piece into the heart of children and and a deep experience um, that many things will just be as normal as they can to have a peaceful adult person and a person that is caring for environment, a person that is caring for social justice in a very normal way. Um, So that's what is in a nutshell, my my goal for the next step. Um, and also I'm thinking about then after two, in some years, I might even be in the next one or two years to kind of go abroad. I'm still still very touched and connected also to Ethiopian Orthodox uh, Church and culture, and, and I can imagine also to work in Ethiopia for, for some or even many years and then to, might be starting up NGO or something to, to have a service for the for the needy people, for the children in, in Ethiopia. That would be a very great thing, if God allows me to do so.
0: You are uh, an absolutely remarkable person, Simon, and um, we pray that, you know, the, the Lord who enlightened the eyes of Saul to become Paul and enlightened the eyes of Simon to find him and touched his heart, that he also gives you the ability to touch the hearts of uh, young kids and, and, you know, really nurture them and to give you the ability to bring... Um, his glory to everybody that you come in contact with and uh, to bless your path in in developing that business model and that NGO and to really reach out and and nurture his children all over the world. So um, Simon, one last question uh, before we conclude this, what was your baptism name? Anthony. 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 Okay. Well, you had a love with St. Anthony. I sensed as you were talking and you were baptized in his monastery. So it's only fitting that you would be named Anthony. Actually, Anthony is the uh, baptism name of uh, my second child, who is named after St. Augustine as mm-hmm. well. So his name is Augustine, and he was baptized Anthony. Um, so it's, uh, we have a connection there. Um, mm-hmm. Simon, I want to mm-hmm. thank you for taking the time to speak with me. And um, just wondering if you can just lead us into prayer as we close this uh, session.
1: Yeah, sure we can. Okay, go ahead. So in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, oh God, Amen. Lord, I'm thanking you and I'm praising you for this conversation that we could have right now, and I'm so thankful for all the people that you're touching. Your love is shining on our world, and every single heart can reflect your love and can find your love and can experience deeply how beautiful it is to be reconciled by grace that you're giving to this world as he came to this world you incarnated and you you really showed us um how deep the love of the father is for this world for his creation and to find reconciliation for all creation um i want to ask you in in all of that that is going on today and happening that you might give your blessings to this world that we can we can find deeper into uh your love and to realize that love in our lives with every person that we're meeting with every single step that we're doing everything that we're doing in every decision that we're taking that we might just follow your lead that we be open to your spirit that we might be guided by your spirit alone. Um, yeah. And I'm praying that, and I'm also praying that you might bless David and his family a lot and um, And give blessings to the the Coptic churches and the Orthodox churches in general, that they might be open and receive in in love and and in good guidance the people who are searching for you. Um, In the name of the saints and the angels, I pray this to you. Amen.
0: Amen. And uh, again, Simon, I am so, so excited to have this conversation with you, especially because... Um, today is the feast of Theophany, um, and uh, I think it's it's so amazing for people to be able to know that the Coptic Church does not only cater to Egyptians, but that there is a place for it. There's a place in it for those who are coming from all walks of life to find the love of Christ in it. So I really do want to thank you for the opportunity uh, that you've given me and the time that you've carved out of your busy schedule to speak with me and to share your story with those who are willing to listen
1: yeah you're welcome so much and i'm also very pleased but nevertheless i'm really excited about to, to start to learn coptic right now and still get into arabic even more so yeah that's
0: incredible i'm, I'm so impressed that you're taking on uh, that extra learning journey as well
1: it's it's really fun to me and i enjoy it a lot yeah
0: no god bless you in everything you do it helps to understand liberty, so much more no absolutely all right, Simon. So with that, I think we're gonna uh, conclude this uh, this this segment, and uh, we'll stay connected uh, in other avenues. All right.
1: That's true. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a blessing, day. Yeah. You.